Last week, I was speaking from this same portion of scripture, and there was a few things that I didn't get to share last week, and so rather than jump into the next message, which is deal or no deal, y'all will hear that one, hallelujah, we're still dealing with the topic of no miss deal. God did not make any mistakes, and I want to read through a couple of things because we've been talking about the topic of new beginnings, and we understand that the Spirit of God is calling us, many of us, not just in the ministry but in our lives, to new beginnings. God is calling us to walk in this newness of life, to walk in the fullness of His purpose. God is wanting us to live a different life, amen? He wants us to move into another place in Him, and so using the Scriptures as a foundation and understanding the principles that that we find throughout the book of Joshua because when you look at the book of Joshua, the book of Joshua is a transitional book. It's a book that you see in here in the book of Joshua. You see the children of Israel. It's like when you go from Genesis to Exodus and you're reading the book of Exodus and you see here that God is, you know, delivering the children of Israel, bringing them, you know, out of Egypt. And, you know, in Genesis, he brings them there. And then when you get into the book of Joshua, you see that after you go through, you know, the law, you see that the children of Israel walked around for these 40 years and then you come to Joshua. It's a transitional book. It's a book that is moving them from one place to the next place. And so we're using that as a premise and as a foundation. And some of the things that we learned, I'll repeat. And I want to continue to repeat this if I can every week until I'm done with this series, because I really pray that the repetition really falls into your spirit, into your heart, and that maybe what you missed one week, you'll catch this week, or, you know, that you will be reminded of something that you may have forgotten that was communicated. And the first thing that we understand about new beginnings is they cannot occur looking backwards. See, the issue is that some of us want to move forward, but we're stuck in reverse. Now, try to drive your car forward if the transmission is broke, hello, and you are going to have to sit there, and you can look forward all day, but if you're stuck in reverse, guess what's going to happen? When you hit the gas, you're going backwards. Try driving your car, not just like that. Try driving your car forward just looking in the rearview mirror all the time. It's, it's as bad as looking at your cell phone and text messaging while you're driving. Hello, somebody. You can't see where you're going. So how are you going to move forward? So we cannot move forward. We cannot go into these new beginnings unless we're moving forward. We cannot be looking backwards. Remember Joshua? He was there and he was crying and mourning over the death of Moses. And God says, my servant Moses is dead. Rise up. I need you to lead these people. So he's saying, son, you cannot live in the past. You cannot look backwards. Some of us, God is trying to move us forward in our marriages. Hello, somebody. But we're too busy looking at the past. We're too busy looking at what happened before. We're too busy looking at what they did. God is trying to move some of us forward in our education. We're too busy looking at the failures that we had, the mistakes that we made, the places that we dropped the ball somewhere. We, we need to stop looking backwards. Some of us, God is trying to move forward in ministry, in life. Hello, somebody. And we're too busy looking backwards. We're too busy looking at all of the people that offended us and all of the things that went wrong. And all, Listen, we need to stop being stuck there and we need to move forward with him because that's the only way we're going to be able to enter into that new beginning. And so we need to recognize what the Spirit of God is communicating to us. New beginnings cannot continue in the flesh. Some of us want to start new, but we want to do it in the flesh. And when I mean in the flesh, I don't just mean in sin. I mean some of us want to do it in our own strength, in our own ability. The reason why some of us are stuck looking in the past is because we have not really submitted to the Holy Spirit. We have not really submitted to the Spirit of God and said, Lord, have your way in me and move me forward. Move me and help me to get over those things and help me to let those things go. See, it's not about you. See, I don't want you to sit here and think, man, but I'm trying. But hold on a second. When you say 
say you're trying to let go of the past. I mean, really consider this. How much time did you spend fasting? How many scriptures have you memorized regarding that past situation? Because everybody's, oh, God, do this, God, do that. But hold time out, glory to God. Are we really allowing God to do, or do we really mean God have your way? Do we really mean God deal with these areas of mind? See, because the issue with us is that we come to God and we just, what we want is we want the magic wand. We want to just enter into the presence of the Lord and we want to go. And, and listen, it's wonderful. You go, I, I've been there, done that. You know how they say, bought the t-shirt, all that good stuff. The t-shirt's worn out, got holes. Now I used to work out or clean the yard. Hello, somebody. Listen, this is the reality. You know, where we enter in to the presence of God. And I, and I know this happens to many of us. We enter into the presence of God. You sense the liberation that's there because there's freedom where? In the presence of the Lord, right? There is fullness of joy, you know, all of that good stuff in, in his presence, right? You get into his presence. You experience this joy. You experience this pleasure. You experience this peace. You experience this freedom, right? And then you walk out of his presence and that peace, that lingering joy, it stays with you for a little while and then you see that person you enter into that situation you walk into that house whatever it is you walk into work on Monday and still wait a second I thought I was free on Sunday didn't God wave his magic wand over me didn't he and and and, and then we think and, and we think oh well you know well, 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 it, well it's done but hold on a second you've got to walk in that freedom say walk in that freedom You've got to walk what, what God, yeah, he did a work in you, but you've got to remember, you still have to deal with some stuff. That's why we're going to talk about, you know, deal or no deal. Hello. Because you've got to discipline. You've got to be renewed in your mind. You've got to allow the spirit of God to really deal with you. So when we come to God, God, I want you to deal with this situation. But then what am I going to do in order to walk in liberty, to continue to walk? Well, you know what? When I talk about fasting, there's some things, man, look, there are some things that you and I are going to have to just sacrifice some food for a day. In order to get over. There are some things. And it may be a few days. Hello somebody. Some of us can handle that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I know, I, I know it's rough. I know it's hard. But listen, you really, are you serious with God? I say this and I know you've heard me say this before. I say it again. I used to tell my young people all the time. They'd be like, I don't know if God is hearing me. God is hearing you. But God ain't feeling you. What do you mean, Bishop? What I mean is, oh, God hears everything you're saying. But he wants to see your actions that follow through with those desires. So, number one, you can't do it looking backwards. Number two, you cannot continue in the flesh. You cannot continue in sin. You cannot continue in your own strength. But what must you do? You must carry your cross daily and die daily and grow in grace. New beginnings are not a time for you to cast off restraint. We hear new beginnings. We feel good. Everything's wonderful. And we decide we're just going to get nice and comfortable. We're just going to get nice and relaxed. And we're just going to chill out. No, it's not time to chill out. You got to move forward. Say, move forward. You have got to continue to do that. You must be devoted. When I say move forward, what I mean is you must move forward in unconditional obedience. No matter what God asks you to do, no matter what this word says, no matter what God communicates, no matter what his spirit is communicating to you in your prayer life, and God is, no matter what, you are devoted to walk in unconditional obedience to what his word says. No matter how painful it is, no matter how difficult it may be, you are saying, God, I'm going to walk with you through this because I recognize you are with me now never to leave me nor forsake me. Amen. New beginnings are not the easy route as we have seen here. And we've looked in the book of Joshua. We have seen that in these new beginnings in our life, we must confront our enemies in order to abide in the blessing that God wants us to abide in. We see we again, transition 
Joshua brings the children of Israel into the land of promise. They have to confront their enemies. We talked about this last week, we, you and I, and the reason why I use this scripture is because God is communicating to Joshua and saying, man, you're old. You've done a great work. You've done a great job. You have obeyed me. You have done what I've told you to do, but you are old. Therefore, I need you to go on ahead and apportion this land. I need you to put, you know, the people and point them out to where they're going to be at. And I'm going to bring deliverance to them. I'm going to continue a work that is going to go beyond you. And what we've got to do is we must be devoted to things that are going to outlive us and outlast us. We must be devoted to things that we are not going to be able to accomplish in our days on this earth. That's the type of stuff I want to be part of. I want to be part of things that I'm not going to be able to say, well, I did it. I finished it. No, I want to, I want to finish my race. You know, Pastor Robert coaches track and, you know, he teaches them how to run and to do certain things. And so what happens is he has this one, you know, is their relay race and, you know, they got to pass the baton. Amen. Glory to God. And you know what I want to be able to do? I want to say, man, I ran with everything that was inside of me and I want to be able on my deathbed to pass that baton and say, you know what? There's a lot of work left to be done. You know what? I started and I did a good work while I was here and I'm dog tired, ready to go into glory. I've, I've spent my entire, that needs to be the heart of every true child of God, that they are going to run their race hard, that they're going to run their race fully, that they're going to run their race with everything that is within them. And that when they are done, it ain't done. Hear me. We've got a purpose that we can go on ahead and we can be happy working 40, 60 years. And then we just retire. And I'm good. No, no, no. Wait a second. As long as there is breath in your lungs, you should still be running this race hard for Jesus. We're going to look at that in a moment in some serious detail. But the reality is we see God communicating to Joshua and tell him, listen, son, you're old. Old, glory to God. Advanced in years. You don't walk the same way you used to walk. Your voice isn't as strong as it used to be. And so do your job. Pass the baton. Here's how you do it. You apportion this land. You communicate to these people. This is where they're going to be living. So now they can run and they can do what God has called them to do. It is important that we live our lives, church, for kingdom things, for kingdom purposes, and that we exemplify a devotion to the kingdom of God, that we exemplify a devotion to the king of that kingdom, that our children, that our children's children see in us a true devotion to that so that way they will know what to live live for. I know some of y'all miss that. Our children know what to live for by seeing what we're living for. Our children know what to, when they see us living just to retire, guess what they're going to live for? To retire. When our kids see us living for the big house and the nice car, guess what they're going to live for? The big house and the nice car. That's what they, if, if our children see us living for, for notoriety, if our children see us living for respect of our peers, guess what they're going to live for? That's it. But when our children see us living for something that is beyond this world, guess what they want to do? They want to connect with that. I love the testimony of Leonard Ravenhill. He's an awesome, you know, man of God. He's, he's, he passed away some years ago. Powerful, powerful man. He, he wrote one of my favorite books, Why Revival Terries. And in an interview that he has, if you guys do Twitter, you can look it up. And I think it's on Twitter there. And you can see this interview. It's about an hour long. I didn't, I didn't get to see the whole interview because, you know, my times, you know, sometimes I can't sit down for a whole hour to watch something. But I was able to see like 20 minutes of this interview. And, and, and one of the things that he said that impacted my life more than anything is he was communicating about his conversion. He said, I've been a Christian since I was a little kid. 
And he said, you know, he said, I didn't, I didn't get saved. Now, mind you, let me explain something to you. This man, when you read his books, he is like rebuking you all day long. He's the type of person, you either love him or you hate him. There is no in between. You, you, there's, you ain't going to be like, oh, he's, uh-uh, he ain't going to be all right. He's either going to be a man I love or a man I hate because he is in your face like that. It's like, you love Jesus or not? I mean, he's preaching against, you know, sin. This is his heart. You know, hardcore, you know, preacher man filled with a passion for God. But he's communicating in this interview and they're asking him about his salvation, you know, experience. And as he's communicating, he said, listen, man, he said, I didn't get saved because I had an encounter with how sinful I was. He said, that isn't what made me come to Christ. He said, my father was this big, burly man and worked hard, hardworking man, manly man. And he said, and I would go with him when he would come out of work on Tuesday nights or Monday nights. I don't remember what night it was exactly. And he said, and they had prayer service in church. And he said, I would watch my father walk into this prayer service take his jacket off and tears begin to run down his face because he was crying out to God and he was saying, God, walk among us. God, move in this earth. He said, I would watch my father spend half nights in prayer seeking God's face on Saturday nights before Sunday service. I know that's crazy for some of us. We can't even imagine something like that. He said, I would see my dad seeking God's face, crying out on his face before God, before Sunday services, crying out to God. He said, I would see that in him and I saw, man, I know my dad I know the strong man and I see when he enters into this place he gets into the presence of this God that he serves and he's weeping and crying out in brokenness and he said man I want that something began to take place and so when I say live for eternity I don't mean just you know go through the motions I mean really live for it really live a life that points your children your grandchildren to the direction of God Almighty that points them and shows them this is what you live life for you don't live life for the things that are here you live life for the king of kings and for the kingdom to come amen but it's our decision as we discussed last week, you can leave things undealt with, but you cannot undeal real life. You can decide you're not going to deal with stuff, but you can't undeal yourself the hand you were dealt. So it behooves you, behooves me to go on ahead and say, all right, Lord, I submit to you, and we need to walk through this together. Amen? Important for us to grasp that reality. God didn't make it. There wasn't no misdeal. Hello. It wasn't a mistake. God knows what he's doing, but we have to trust him through this. Repeat this after me. This is our first point last week. Actually, the only point we got to. First point, sometimes God will lead us through difficult situations. Come on, wake yourself up. Say, sometimes God will lead us through difficult situations. Sometimes he will lead us through, t- through situations that are tough, situations that we do not understand. And we establish some really crucial points. And the first thing is this, is that when God is leading us through difficult situations, there is a purpose. And his purpose is to reveal his glory to you, to reveal his glory to others. And because he wants to develop our faith and develop our character. Amen, somebody. When he's leading us through difficulty, you got to realize that God wants to mold you into the likeness of his son. That is what our all that that is what our life should be all about, becoming more like Jesus because in reality, that's what God is doing. God is trying to make you look more and more like his son every day, through every difficulty, through every good time, through every situation, through every circumstance. He is doing one thing and he is trying to make you and I look more like Jesus, not in a physical sense, but in a character sense that we will look more like him that our way of being would reflect him that when this world sees us 
that, that they will see his son. And that's what happens when we're going through difficulty. We've got to recognize that that is the glory that God wants to show to this world. Because there's no greater glory than for people to see you and I go through something and be able to say, man, how did you get through that? How did you get through that situation? How did you move through that circumstance? How? And, and you know what it is? It's because they see Jesus. They see Je- And you point and simply make it, make it known. Well, the only way I got through that, the only way I made it through that was because of the Son of God who is dwelling in me, because of the Son of God who is molding me, because of the Son of God who is leading me and conforming me to his image and his likeness, because he is the firstborn among many brethren, and I want to live a life that brings glory to him. So when I go through difficulty, when I go through hardship, I realize that he is going to walk with me through this, and my thing, remember we talked about it earlier today, he is our refuge, he is our strength, and when everything is moving around us, what do we do? Be still and know that he is God. So this is what we have to embrace when we're going through difficult situations. We also need to ask ourselves some really important questions. Am I the one who brought myself here or is it God who's leading me? If I'm the one that brought myself into this situation, I, had, I, I can look back and, you know, you, you always got to look back for safety purposes. Hello, somebody. You know, you could get rear-ended. Hello. Glory to God. Right. So you don't get stuck looking in the rearview mirror, but you glance there. Amen. Make sure everything is clear. Okay. So we have to ask ourselves, wait a second. Did I cause that? Did my decisions bring me to this point? Because a lot of times, a lot of times, here's what we do. We do two things. We see it in the Garden of Eden. We blame God, right? We blame the devil. We know we blame others. But, 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 but in the spirit realm, you know, because we get delivered. You can't be blaming other people. You got to take responsibility. So we blame someone we can't see, right? We start blaming the devil. You know, devil's over there in the corner. The, I remember them saying, the devil's over there in the corner like, man, I didn't do it. It, wasn't, it wasn't me. That was you. That was I. I wasn't even there. Hello. So what do we do? We want to blame the devil. Forget about my decisions. Or we want to blame God. How could you bring me into this situation? It's, 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 it's vitally important that we are looking in the mirror of the word of God. And saying, God, did I bring myself here? Because if I brought myself here, then I know how to respond. How do I respond? With repentance and perseverance. I repent of whatever sin, whatever bad decisions I've made, and then I continue forward with God because there is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Glory to God. So I walk with him through this situation. If it is God who is bringing me through this, I'm walking with him. Now, now, and now, now I, 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 I know this. Everybody in here, when you look back, you're going to see bad decisions. Amen? You're going to see such because none of us are perfect. But what we find is that there are certain things that, man, it's, it's, not, it's not that I'm, I'm, I'm making consen- con- continual bad decisions. Man, I, you know, I'm walking with God. I'm, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm a work in progress, right? So I didn't necessarily bring myself to this situation. There are some times that you didn't bring. God is bringing you through this. God is bringing you to this place. And when God is bringing you to this place, it's important for you to respond accordingly. You don't cower in the face of the enemy. You confront the enemy. Amen? Sometimes that enemy is your flesh. Hello? 
Sometimes the Lord has to bring you in a, in a, in a real confrontation with you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes God has got to bring you into a confrontation that the enemy is not, you know, this devil. No, no, no. It's you. Sometimes we are our worst enemy. Hear me now. So we have to determine, did I bring myself here? Is God leading me through this thing? If God is leading me through this, if I got here because of my own bad decisions and all of this, guess what? God is sovereign. Amen? That means God is in control of all things and that God is going to walk with me through this. The beauty of it is that no matter how you got there, he is willing to walk with you through it. Oh, glory to God. No matter what, he's willing to walk you through it because here's what we got to grasp. That whether or not we brought ourselves there or God is bringing us there, we're going to have opposition either way. No matter what, there's going to be opposition. And so you just need to be ready for a fight if you're walking with Jesus. Mm -hmm. I know you didn't want to hear that. Glory to God. It's okay. Second thing, please repeat this after me. God's promises have no expiration date. Say they got excited. Glory to God. God's promises have no expiration date. What do you mean, Bishop? I'm going to show you what I mean. Turn to the next chapter, chapter 14. I want to show you one of my true heroes of faith. Joshua chapter 14, we'll begin reading in verse 6. And it says there, it says, Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old. Now, did you hear all? He just said, I was 40 years old. Some of us ready to just quit life at 40 years old. Hello. <laughs> Complaining about aches and pains and we all, you can't get out of bed. Glory to God. Uh-huh. I'm not there yet, but you know, I've heard stories. Glory to God. <laughs> I have seven more years before that. I get to testify about what happens at 40. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. You should underline that last portion. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. He went over there to spy out the land with the other children, with with the other spies, the other 11 spies. And 10 of those 11 spies, because obviously him and Joshua, they both brought back godly and, you know, and, and, and right reports and said, look, yeah, there's some giants up in the land, but our God is bigger than any of that. And so they went into this land and, and the other people, they brought back this bad, you know, they, they, were, they were scared, they were afraid. They're like, man, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. So they had a real poor self-image of who they were. And so they, and, and more than anything, what was, what was the real problem was that they were looking at themselves rather than their God, which is what the real issue was. If they would have been looking at their God, it didn't matter how big or how small they were. The reality was their God is bigger and greater and able to accomplish that which he purposed in them. But they missed it. And so he says, and ver- the end of verse 8, but I wholly follow the Lord my God. Verse 9, so Moses swore on that day, saying, surely 
The land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Now, underline it again. There it is again. You have wholly followed the Lord my God. This is what God is communicating through his prophet unto his children here, under, under Caleb and his children there. And verse 10 says, And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. As he said, in these 40 years, ever since the Lord spoke his word to Moses, his, while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, here I am this day, 85 years old. Now, if you stop there, you might be impressed by his ability to recollect and give that speech, right? You're thinking, when I'm, I'm forgetting stuff now, and I'm 33, imagine 85, I won't be able to remember all that stuff, right? He's 85 years old, giving a breakdown of this wonderful prophetic word that came to his life. But let's continue on in verse 11. It gets even more exciting. As yet, I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me, just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war. For going out and for coming in. Do you hear that, man? He said, I am 85 years old and I feel like a young buck. That, 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 you, you didn't see that in the margin right there? Young buck? You, you didn't see that little? There was there. That, that. Listen, he's saying, he's saying, I feel, I, I feel just like I did when it was back in that day when I got that prophetic word. He says in verse 12, now therefore, Give me this mountain. See, 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 you, you, you got, you got to hear what, see, he's declaring how he feels, right? He's a, you know, and sometimes we do, I feel great. I feel wonderful, but we don't want to go through nothing. I, I, I had the faith, you know, of, of 10,000 men. I'm, you know, I feel great. I feel, I, you know, I know I got this right, but we don't want to deal with the situation, right? Look, look, look at, look at him. Look at what he says. He says, now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there. Now, these are giants. Not only, he, he, he didn't want to fight some little guys. He said, you know, the Anakim, the giants were there, and that the cities were great and fortified. So he didn't only want to fight giants, but he wanted to go against fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. Hebron, therefore, became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, to this day because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. That's three times that that same statement is there. One time it's him declaring it. Another time it's Moses' declaration. And this time this is what Joshua is declaring, you know, through the spirit of God in this situation. And the name of Hebron formerly was Kerjath Arba. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. Then the land had rest from war. I want you to notice something. This man was 40 years old when he heard this prophetic word. And he didn't have a problem obeying God when he was 40 years old to go up in here and just do what God told him to do, take possession of the land. He was ready. He said, you know what? I've been in slavery for long enough. I'm not going to go ahead and continue on in slavery. I'm not going to continue walking around this desert. I want to enter into the land of promise. I want to enter into the land of rest. He goes, spies out the land, sees everything the way that it is. And he's like, man, this is good stuff. Ate some fruit over there. Glory to God. Like, yo, this is good. So they, they got some big fruit over there. This, it, 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 it's not, it, they got better fruit than what's up in Egypt. Hello. We, I don't want to go back. I want to go forward. And so he goes into this, into this you know, meeting with Joshua, with, with, with Joshua and the other spies and Moses. And is like, okay, so you know, tell us about the lamb. And so Joshua and Caleb, they're like, they got their sticks ready. They're like, yo, we ready to go. We ready to do this. That. The other guy's like, nah, man. Mm-mm. The land, the, yeah, they got some good fruit over there. 
Land is nice, plush, plentiful, great. I mean, there's plenty of space, but there's a problem. They have some giants over there, the, and we're like grasshoppers in their sight. So you know what, y'all? We, <laughs> there's, there's no way we can do that. And they were 100% correct on that. There's no way they could do that. But again, they were not focused on the right thing. So, so Caleb gets this prophetic word. God speaks, and he says, you know what? He says, all y'all, you know, the people, you, you, you're melting. Your hearts are melting, causing them to just recognize that, you know, we can't do anything. So they said, you don't want to have faith in me? Okay, so you know what's going to happen? Y'all are going to walk around this desert for 40 years. And all y'all that came out of Egypt, guess what? None of y'all are going to get into the land of promise. You don't want to believe me? You don't want to trust me? Okay, you can walk around in circles for 40 years. All y'all will die. And then I'm going to take your sons and daughters in because I'm not going to renege on my promise. But Joshua and Caleb, because the two of you had this faith, you're going to enter into this land. That prophetic word kept Caleb young. Hallelujah. See, when you look at Caleb, Caleb is an inspiration to some of us, but he is going to be an embarrassment to others. Because the promises of God, church, listen to me. This is 45 years later. He was 40 when he heard the word. They walked around the desert for 40 years. Now they've been in the promised land for five years. 45 years later. And this man, he's not, he, ain't, he's, he is not lying. He is communicating a truth. He said, I feel the same way I felt when I was 40. Because that word sustained me. That word, as I was walking around this desert, as I was going around in circles, and I'm, you know, I didn't get bitter. Hello, somebody. Because you know, you know what happens. See, I want you to understand some things about, about, about um, Caleb here. Because what I realize is that when you're looking at Caleb's life, Caleb's life can be an inspiration to us because we realize, look, I don't need to, I don't need to be so concerned about accomplishing everything quick. Hello. But I can allow God to work some things out. And sometimes, hear me now, sometimes he's working things out in you and other times He's working things out in others. Hear me. Now, now I, I want to say this because I got I to gotta make this disclaimer here. I do not believe that Caleb was perfect. Hello. I don't believe, you know, I, I believe Caleb might have got into some arguments in those 40 years telling some folks off. Hello. Be like, you know, y'all got us walking around this desert like this. I was ready to go up in this land, and y'all just wanted to be fearful, and you want to be full of just, you know, fear and doubt, didn't want to believe. I'm sure, I, I'm, just, I'm just throwing that in there. I'm just saying, if I put myself in his position, you know, he's a warrior. His name literally means dog, okay? I mean, this, this brother was rough. He was, I mean, serious. I mean, that, that, this guy was some, a serious dude. I mean, he's over here, 85 years old. That should tell you how bad he is. Hello? He's 85 years old, and he's saying, you know what I want? I want to climb mountains, and I want to slay giants. At 85 years old. And so here's the thing. The reason why it's an, encour- it's an encouragement to recognize that. But you know what? At the same time, it's an embarrassment because some of us, our faith expires before God's promises are completed. Sometimes we're walking around and we're like, okay, this is going to happen now. And, you know, we, we get this promise from the Lord and God speaks something. We're reading his word and we see some things in the scripture and we, see, and we don't see it happen in a week. Hold on a second. I need to, I need to build up some more faith. And we get into prayer, and we're seeking God's face, and it doesn't happen in a month. I don't, I don't know. Glory to God. I've been praying hard for this last thirty days. I've been seeking God diligently, and it doesn't happen. So then suddenly, 
we start forgetting about the promise. We start focusing on problems. Do you not think they didn't have problems walking around that desert for 40 years? Hello, somebody. Just think about all the problems you had in the last year. Now multiply that times 40. Then walking around this desert for 40 years, you know, going out there, getting mad every day, getting this quail, drinking water from a rock. I mean, they were going through some stuff out there in this desert. So you have this man who is here. And like I said, I don't believe that he was perfect. But what I do realize is that it wasn't his fault. What I realized is that it was their fault. And, and, and you know what was happening? Those people were holding them back. See, we need to check ourselves. Are we holding our family back? Is everybody else ready to move forward and we're just holding them back? Are we holding the church back? Are we, heard, are we, hold, are we holding ministry back? Is everyone else ready to move forward and we're just still trying to, God's still trying to convince us. That's why I repeat myself, glory to God, because you got to continue, continue, continue. Hallelujah. We have to ask ourselves these questions, church. Am I the one holding my family back? Am I the one holding ministry back? Am I the one? How about this? Am I the one holding my company back? Listen, I want you to think about this. Joseph was one man. And you know how greatly he affected the entire nation of Egypt, all of Egypt? Not just Egypt, but even Israel. If it wouldn't have been for Joseph, one person, a slave boy. He he, He didn't influence a company. He influenced a nation. See, you know what it is? We, 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 we don't believe the resume. We say we do, but we really don't. Listen, you want to you, you know how I know this? I'm going to tell you how I know this. I was talking to a young minister one day. He's talking to me. And he's telling me, you know, about his ministry and this and that. And he told me something. He's like, man. He said, you know what? It's all about the advertisement. Boy, let me slap you right now. It's all about the advertisement. It's just about advertising. Are you serious? It's about advertisement? Wait a second. I remember reading a story. I don't know if I told you all about this. I remember reading a story about this pastor. He was opening up a ministry. And I wish I'd have read it before I started Faith Dome because I would have just made sure that I just did it just like this. He told his church, he said, I don't, I'm not going to put up a sign outside. I'm not going to send out one flyer. I am not going to do anything except pray, seek the face of God, and we're going to have church service, and we're going to see what's happening. You want to know what? That church was packed from the first Sunday and continues to overflow. And you know what? No signs, no 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 advertisement you know why because god knows how to advertise his own ministry god knows how to commit all we got to do is be out there and communicate the gospel to bring it to people who don't know jesus it's not about advertisement church it's about seeking the face of god and being the light that shines in the midst of darkness but the reality is we don't believe the resume we don't believe that god can promote do you believe god can promote do, do, do you believe that you know that, 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 that promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. It comes from the north. Hello, somebody. Way north. Glory to God. See, we, 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 we've got to believe the resume, but we don't. So, you know, we, we, don't, we, 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 don't think, we, we don't think God is able, but you know what else we don't do? We don't think we're that important. Did you hear what I just said? We doubt God's ability, and then we belittle our importance to the whole situation. We don't see how important we are. 
We don't see, and that, that's why we talked about Achan, because remember, it was one man caused the whole nation to be, to, to be paused, where they couldn't go forward because of what? One person's disobedience. And so it's important for us to recognize, because when we're looking at the life of Caleb, we find Caleb, this man, that he is 85 years old. He feels as young as a 40-year-old. He's like, man, I'm ready to go up to this mountain. I'm ready to take this authority. I'm ready. To, I, I want you to give me that mountain there. That's the mountain God spoke about. And what we've got to do, church, is this, is we need to learn not to waver during times of wandering. Hello. We need to learn that when we're going around in circles and we don't understand everything and we don't have every answer, that we do not allow ourselves to get bitter, but that we allow ourselves to become more like Christ. Christ, that we do not allow ourselves to get into a situation that becomes a rut in our lives because we haven't seen the full purpose and the promises of God being established the way that we know that God said this. Because here's the thing, we don't always see it happen the next day, the next month, the next year. Some of those things that God has promised are going to take time, hello, and it's going to require you and I to remain faithfully focused on God, to remain faithful and understand that if God said it, amen, he meant it. If God communicated it he is going to do it and that is what our heart has got to be because when Caleb was walking around this desert when Caleb was walking around these circles when Caleb was doing all of this stuff he was focused on one thing God spoke something to me God spoke something to me God communicated something to me therefore you know what I'm going to run with that word and when he had the opportunity to come to the general to come to the leader of the army what does he do he says Joshua you know what God spoke you remember what God spoke because he spoke it to you and he spoke it to me and so now I'm asking you give me the mountain I'm ready to go and I'm ready to take this mountain for the Lord I'm ready to do what God is calling me to do so my encouragement don't expire in your faith Allow the Spirit of God to move in your heart. Let yourself become firmly focused on what God's word declares. That way you will be able to stand firm and get to where God wants you to get to. Amen? The third thing I want to ask you to repeat after me is this. Say, God is willing. God is able. God is faithful to fulfill his promises. Turn with me to one more place in the book of Joshua, and we're going to close here. Chapter 21, please. Chapter 21, and we'll go to the last few verses, verse 43. Joshua chapter 21. <coughs> Hallelujah. Verse 43, when you got to say amen. amen. And it says this, it says, So the Lord gave to Israel all the land of which he had sworn to give to their fathers, and they took possession of it and dwelt in it. The Lord gave them rest all around, according to all that he had sworn to their fathers. And not a man of their enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hands. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. You know, in your resume, you have those goals, right? You have accomplishments, and then you have goals. And this is like a double whammy there because it shows us God's accomplishments, but it also shows us his purpose in our lives. God wants to make sure that all of our enemies, all of our enemies, not some of our enemies, that every one of our enemies are overcome. 
every one of the enemies, every one of the things that we face. I don't know what it is. I don't know what your struggle is. You may have financial struggles. God wants you to overcome those financial struggles. Amen? You may have emotional struggles. You may have emotional, you may have some emotional baggage in your life that is just weighing you down and holding you back. And you know what? God wants you to overcome those enemies. You may have bitterness that is in your life that is choking out the life of you and not allowing you to experience the full blessing and the peace that God wants you to experience. And you know what? He wants you to overcome those things. You may be struggling in your marriage and there may be some issues that are going on there. And you know what? God wants you to overcome. He wants your marriage to walk in the victory, to walk in the blessing. He wants you to experience the fullness of his purpose in marriage. Marriage is a good thing. Amen. I don't know what your struggle is. I don't know what it is that you're facing. But what I do know is this, is that my God is able my God is willing and my God is faithful to fulfill his promises so you and I got to understand something God does not waste words he brings them to pass he doesn't waste words he doesn't just say stuff see we waste words you know we say stuff that we don't mean we say things we're not going to accomplish we communicate things that sound good we give the right answers you know how that goes you know you learn all the right things to say when you go to an interview so you can what get the job hello somebody some of us wouldn't have got half the jobs we had if we were honest hello mm-hmm. we laughing but you know it's true you learn, you knew you knew what the right thing to say was. They ask you, you know, stuff, and I'm saying this this before Christ, because I know now y'all are Christians, y'all do the right thing. But if you saw someone stealing something, what would you do? Oh, I would tell right away. Mm, you sure? <laughs> Your best friend taking something, you gonna tell on him? Mm-hmm. Listen, that's not God though. When God communicates, you know what God does? He says what he means. He means what he says, and he brings it to pass. The question is, are we going to walk with him until he brings it to pass? Are we going to walk with him until we see his promises fulfilled? He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. He's faithful, church. He is faithful, faithful, faithful. And so our decision is, what are we going to do? Are we going to trust the resume? Are we going to look at, you know, his, his goals in my life? Because what I see, these are his goals in my life. Everything, 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 everything. Verse 45, look at this. Verse 45. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel all came to pass. Now listen to me. We... You and I, we're not Israel. But you know what's beautiful? We have better promises and a better covenant. According to the book of Hebrews, we have better promises and a better covenant. We have a covenant with a Savior who came and died on our behalf so we could do what? So we could experience the promises and the fulfillment of all of God's purpose in our lives. If we don't see it fulfilled in our life, you want to know why we didn't see it fulfilled? Because we didn't allow God to do it. 
If we don't see his promises fulfilled in our lives, it's because we got in the way. We could have got in the way with doubt. We could have got in the way with fear. We could have got in the way with disobedience. We, could, we, we, we can get in the way tons of ways. But the fact of the matter is, God is able, God is willing, and God is faithful. Do you trust him?